One of the most difficult things about being a stepmom is dealing with the ex, especially when the co-parenting relationship is high conflict. Trying to co-parent with a high conflict ex can make a challenging role even more challenging. While I can't change the ex or your partner, I do have something that will help. A stepmom's guide to co-parenting with a high conflict ex. You can download it for free at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash high conflict ex. That's a stepmom's guide to co-parenting with a high conflict ex at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash high conflict ex. Hey there, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a coach, a conversation opener, and a BS caller. Eight years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Look, don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But being a stepmom is, well, it's just complicated. If you know, you know. As a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I went to the internet for support. But I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support I was looking for. Raw, real, solution-focused conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But it's entirely possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. Each week, I will bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Stepmom podcast. All right. So every once in a while, I get asked if I have any recommendations for therapists or for counselors, both for like single counseling, like one-on-one counseling and for couples counseling in the stepmom space. And every single time, my answer is Mary T. Kelly. So Mary T. Kelly is a marriage therapist, a stepmom coach, and she is by far one of my favorite people to talk to about stepmom life. She has been in the membership. She's been on the show a couple of times. And just she's just so straight to the point. And her ability to use sarcasm and humor when talking about the challenges that stepmoms face, well, it's just amazing. Now, this episode is all about encouraging stepmoms to find their voice. And obviously, if you missed it, I'm talking to Mary T. Kelly in this week's episode. So when you're a stepmom, you often have to work through just a lot of unnecessary shame and guilt for feeling the way you feel or having the struggles and the emotions that are normal for stepmoms that just come with trying to integrate yourself into a ready-made family. When you work through this, so once you work through the shame and the guilt and you really find your place, the next step is starting to educate those around you about the realities of stepmotherhood. Because until you work through that stuff, you just don't, you're just not in the place to do so. Now, while the conversations about what stepmom life really feels like, they're evolving, right? Like when I first became a stepmom, no one was talking about it online. And now I'm seeing more and more stepmom bloggers pop up. I'm seeing more and more conversations happening. Like we are having more real talk, but there's still a lot of shame around these emotions. There's still a lot of double standards and unrealistic expectations in our society about how a stepmom should and should not show up. And as a result, stepmoms who are maybe not in the public space or chatting about stepmom life on Instagram, just like in their day-to-day life, they don't openly share what they're going through. So when someone at the arena or someone in their family makes a comment about stepmom life, they don't correct them. They don't educate them. And in order to change the narrative about 
stepmoms, we need to start having those conversations. Regular day-to-day stepmoms need to be educating those in their life about what they're going through. In order to change the narrative about stepmoms, we need to start having these conversations. And we're starting that today with this episode. Now, after this episode, if you really want to dive in further, you got to keep your eye out because in the exclusive stepmom community, Mary T. Kelly is coming back and we're going to do a deep dive into how to have these conversations with your friends, with your family members, with your in-laws, with your partner. We are going to be showing you how to open up the conversation and change that narrative. Now, speaking of the membership, just to kind of give you a bit of an update, I just hit publish on some really game-changing content and workshops. So you can listen in on a coaching call that I did with a fellow stepmom about managing a high-conflict co-parenting relationship and a disrespectful teen. Sidebar, this coaching call is going to blow your mind. We also have hit publish on a workshop on evaluating whether you need to disengage in your step family life and how to do it the right way. Cause there's a wrong way and there's a right way. The wrong way is going to make things worse. And the right way is going to help you improve relationships, improve your mental health and improve the vibe of your step family life. There's also a workshop on how to manage summer with your stepkids and how to be proactive so you feel more in control during what can be a stressful time. And an interview with Tracy Crossley on dealing with adult stepchildren and how our attachment styles can show up in the way that we do stepmom life. So, so many great conversations and content happening behind the scenes. So, stepmoms, keep an eye on your inbox for dates, for my office hours, for new content. And as always, you can message me in the forum. If you're not a member, you can still become one at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. All right, that's all for the membership housekeeping and updates. Let's get to it. Mary T. Kelly. Mary T. Kelly, welcome back to the podcast. I was just talking about you the other day. I was like, she's my favorite. We have to get her back on. And then we made it happen. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I love doing these podcasts with you. I love the work that you're doing. And it's just an honor to be here. So thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad. And, you know, so this is actually a conversation, like typically when we are coming up with ideas for the podcast, it's us who come up and then we'll like pitch people. But you popped in my inbox the other day with an idea and I was like, yes, because I had literally been talking about this issue with another stepmom. So today we're going to kind of dive into, I guess, empowering stepmoms to change the conversation around what being a stepmom is really like. That's right. Yeah. Because so many women experience that when they're sharing with other people, maybe it's friends, maybe it's family in their life, how difficult it is to be a stepmom, they get met with a lot of platitudes. You knew it was a package deal. You knew what you're getting into, which is completely untrue. And my experience with women is they go underground. And Or they take it in and they feel shame and guilt. Oh, maybe there's something wrong with me. And they question themselves. And so once they start getting some help or support or reading, they can become more empowered. And my encouragement to women is, please start educating people. Start educating the culture because women don't tend to do that. And it's so important because 
the stepmoms as a whole, there's such invisibility there. And, and I remember during the pandemic, the New York Times did a small study of mothers during the pandemic and how the responsibilities were working out. And they, they focused on three mothers. There were no stepmother. And I was like, I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired of the lack of acknowledgement of such a huge population of women. And it's not reflected in Hollywood or TV shows. It's as if stepmoms don't really exist. And, and so the only way to change that, and, and I think of the example back in um, 1978, I actually lived in the Bay Area at this time, there was this Proposition 6 that was trying to be passed um, that would not allow gay people to be public school teachers. And Harvey Milk was a commissioner or mayor, I can't remember at the time, but what he did was, and it looked like this was going to pass, he started encouraging gay people, please come out to your families, come out to your employees, come out to your friends, so that people can see a, a face with this stereotype that goes against the stereotype, right? And it was, and then they used uh, affiliations with other groups like women's rights groups and community leaders and religious leaders to really get people to know, oh, my neighbor is gay or my son and they're wonderful people. And uh, so I love that example. So it's this encouragement to women to please come out of your closet of unnecessary guilt and shame and start educating people so that when someone gives you a platitude like you knew it was a package deal, to say, you know what, I actually didn't. And these are the reasons why I didn't. Yeah, you know, the one thing that I have been thinking a lot about, and, you know, I get a lot of, um, you know, obviously we both get this, like women saying like, oh, well, people think I knew what I was signing up for. And there is this huge double standard. And I've used this example before, but, you know, when a, when a newborn, when you have a newborn, a new mom, when she's struggling, when she's tired, when the baby's crying all the time, when she's feeling overwhelmed, like all of those things, when she's feeling all the feelings, what does the community do? They come and they support and they provide words of encouragement and they empathize and all the things. Like no one's saying to her, well, you knew the baby was going to cry when you decided to get pregnant. Like what, what did you expect? So it, it again goes back to this huge double standard that, you know, you, you know, moms are encouraged to keep it real. They're, you know, welcomed with all of the support. And there's a lot of, you know, conversation around that now. But with stepmoms, it's still, again, this huge, huge double standard. And I have women reach out to me all the time. They'll say, you know, I want, and this is why I started my membership, actually. That was one of the reasons why, that kind of started the whole process. Because women were saying, you know, I want to comment on your post. I want to respond to your post, but I don't want to know anyone to know that I'm struggling. I don't want anyone to know that this is how I feel. And it even went as far as saying, you know, I don't want anyone to know that I'm following a stepmom platform for stepmom support. And I even had women tell me that their husband's ex and even their husband was pissed off that they were following me because you know, they were looking because, you know, kick-ass stepmom or looking for tips and strategies or like real talk about stepmom life. And they, they took offense to it. Like why, what would be so offensive about someone 
you know, especially my platform, my platform is very much like tips, strategies. Let's keep it real. We talk about the real feelings and emotions, but it's not just a bitch fest. It's like, okay, this is how we're feeling. How do we move past this? How do we rise above this? How do we implement strategies to improve our life? So what would be so offensive to a partner or an ex that the person who is with your kids in many situations, 50% of the time is seeking out support to do better? Please tell me wh- what what's the freaking problem here? Wouldn't you be happy, right? But this is where women, they, they get met with this and then you're right, they go underground and then they feel guilt and they feel shame and embarrassment. And it's great. We have all these resources now. Like we're seeing more and more resources pop up about stepmom life, some very beneficial, some not so much. But what's next is opening up that conversation and women losing that shame around like sharing the post and saying, hey, this really resonates with me. Hey, this is how it feels. Hey, I just want you to read this because this is what the experience of a stepmom is really like. Well, and I, I think too, yeah, there's there's these ridiculous expectations. On one hand, if you're a stepmom, you're evil. So that's kind of put there very immediately in people's minds because of that persistent stereotype that started, you know, like Grimm's fairy tales, not start with Disney and started long before that. But you're also expected to be a combination of Mother Teresa and Mary Poppins. Like you should just love those kids like their own and you should be excited when they come. <laughs> it's like, that's not realistic. And But I think that mothers now, especially in the millennial and Gen Z generations, they're going to ad- advocate for themselves because if somebody said something to them like, well, come on, what did you think of your baby? They go, uh, excuse me, you can go F yourself, basically. Like, first of all, I grew a human in my body. <laughs> this is what was, I have two daughters when they were pregnant and their husbands would say, oh, th- something needs to be done. They go, hello, I'm growing a human. Like, you need to do that. I'm not doing that. And they're really good at advocating for themselves. And there's a, and they have a lot of Instagram things and social media things where they, they are, can be really honest and say, I'm exhausted, and they get a lot of support. And so only way to break that double standard is for women to start empowering themselves to say to their partners, hello, here's, here's the first thing that they can tell everybody. There's a 64 to 72% divorce rate in remarriages with children. Why is that? I really believe it's because of these incredibly unrealistic expectations that are put on women. And a whole other topic that we we could talk about another time is how much women are objectified in these families. Because a woman has maybe the bad luck, the saying, of falling in love with a guy with kids. But he's great. So they do. And then they get into this family and the expectations are unbelievable, right? You can't get impatient. You can't lose your temper ever. You've got to just love, 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 love. And it's it's just super unrealistic. And so women get caught up in that and they, they think, oh, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do this. So, you know, that's their part too. Now, after time, it starts backfiring on them. They start getting resentful, right? So. It's kind of a, a developmental process that women go through when they first enter these families. 
But then the first person to educate is your partner. Because men have kind of these fantasies of, oh, I feel guilty that my kids didn't have the mom and dad in the house. And now I met this great person and she's going to come in and this is going to feel like a first family, which it doesn't for most people. And so it's first educating them and also not allowing themselves to be. And when I say objectified, it's like these women that I work with, so many of them, especially ones that don't have kids, they had careers, they were independent, they had homes that actually had items stay in the same place all the time. And what's that like? (laughs) I miss that. I miss that. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. (laughs) Don't even think about that. It's like, it's like the women I work with, they go, I just want my home to be a sacred space. And it's like, okay, your home's not going to be a sacred space. There's kids in it. That's across the board. Nobody you don't get a sacred space. You have to find, you have to create your own sacred space. But, you know, then they realize, but then they get into these systems and they're like, I don't know, they're going back to the 1950s. They're driving and cooking and doing laundry and all this stuff. So they have to go through this and then they hit a wall at some point. It, it seems to be inevitable, which is good. But then it's like, You don't need to feel guilty for having normal feelings. You don't need to feel guilty that you're kind of dreading your stepkids coming, even if you like them, even if you love them, because everything changes. You got to have that time with your partner, which is why you're there, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, there is this misconception that if you don't love when your stepkids are there all the time, or if you you know, sometimes look forward to them going back to their their mom's house. Or if you're just not wild about whatever it is is on the schedule that you don't like your stepkids, you don't love your stepkids. Like, I will tell you, I love my stepkids. I, I lucked out very much. I have three very great stepkids. We have a really great family dynamic. We worked our ass off to get here, but I do love them. I don't love them the exact same as I love Reese. It's very different. She came out of my body. I held her at birth and she is my own. I grew her and I came into their lives at, you know, they were five, eight, and 10. And they have a mom. They already have a mom. I am their stepmom. And that's how our dynamic works. I love them so much. But I'll tell you, Monday morning, after I have teenagers just, you know, putting dishes in the sink and not putting them in the dishwasher or, or, you know, just feeling like I'm... Wait, 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 wait. I just have to ask you something. They're putting their sink, their dishes in the sink? Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, like things like, but the sink is always full of dishes. I'm like, why am I the only one doing the dishwasher? Like, I feel like I can never catch up. I just feel like we've just like got constantly stuff going on. I love when they leave right? Like sometimes I'm very much looking forward to that time where it's just Reese, Darren and I, and that doesn't mean that I love them any less. And so for me to say to someone, God, I can't wait for my stepkids to go back to their moms. It would be, you know, met with so much judgment. And it's, what's interesting though, is I was out with my girlfriends and one of them is a single mom. And she was talking about how, you know, sometimes she looks forward to the week off when the kids are with their dad because she's a single mom. She's doing it all on her own. And she's like, I just feel so guilty. And everyone's like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Like, 
you totally deserve the break. And she's like, yeah, I do deserve the break. I wonder if I would have said the same thing, would I have been met with that same, you know, compassion, I guess. No. So it's it's just interesting, right? Like moms look forward to breaks. Stepmoms look forward to breaks. But I do want to circle back to one of the things you were just talking about is we go all in and do all of the things when we become a stepmom. And this was the biggest mistake that I made, but I'm glad I made it because, well, I was able to create a platform off of it. Um, got me to where I am now. But I came in and I was commuting an hour and a half each way to work, working in child protection. I had dinner made in the crock pot before I left. I made sure the kids had all the things. I was at all the things. Our house was clean. I remember walking around to like 10, 30, 11, making sure laundry was done. My stepson only liked this pair of Joe Fresh skinny jeans and he always would forget them at his mom's. So I would be out either buying new pairs or you know, washing them, just like literally just doing all the things. I'm exhausted thinking about it. And I did that because I had this desire for control and perfection. Yeah. But when you dive into where that was coming from, it was, I felt so judged and I felt like I couldn't keep up to the standard that was being placed on me. And the people who thought like, oh, she doesn't know what she's thinking, you know, doesn't know what she's signing up for. So I was trying to prove something. Yes. And I think if we start to, you know, normalize these conversations about what a stepmom's role could and should be, that pressure will be taken off. Totally. Totally. And and I think that's where women contribute to this, right? Because they feel some of them, frankly, are competing with the mother, mm-hmm. which is not a good idea. 80% of young adult stepkids. But it's natural. Well, yeah, it's a primal thing. It's a primal thing, but society set us up for that too. So you go to the hockey arena and you say to someone, oh, I'm a stepmom. Like, you know, who's your son? Oh, little Johnny out there is my stepson. Oh, well, how's that? How's your relationship with the mom? That's the first freaking thing that comes out of their mouth instead of being like, oh, cool. Like, how's he liking it? What position is he playing? It goes to it. So society almost baits us into this competition and, exactly, you know, asking us these questions, which obviously they're just wondering and, you know those conversations do inform them about the dynamic. But if someone asks you how the mom is and like right now it's freaking hell on earth. Right. You're, you're being baited. (laughs) Oh, you are being baited. And that's where you just go. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah. 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 So it is, it's this, right. I think women feel obligated to step up to this role because of the cultural expectations and often because of their partner's expectations. He thinks, oh, you know, you're one of the parents now. And so there's an innocence that goes into that. And sometimes there's this competition with the mother. And so you go through all that, but eventually women start resenting it because it's not being acknowledged and nobody's appreciating it, much like being a parent. It's not like kids are going, oh, mom, thanks so much for doing all this stuff. That doesn't really happen. But They just have, I just think it's so important to get to the point where you're just able to kindly start to tell people and educate people, look, it's really hard. And I want to make sure to say too, I love that you said earlier, I'm really lucky. I have these three great stepkids. There are a lot of women that aren't so lucky. And so it's important for them 
to just feel okay with whatever feelings they have. Our feelings are our feelings. You know, people say, well, you should love them. You should love them as your own, which is impossible and ridiculous. But it's like, you know, your feelings are your feelings. I think it's important to act in kind and loving ways and, and see what happens, right? See, see where it goes. Most, most of the women I work with, and I've worked with thousands of women, I've been doing this for 20 years, do kind of dread the stepkids coming. And what I tell couples, I tell the fathers, you know, your happiest day is probably when your kids come. Because then it feels like a family. You can pretend it's a nuclear family. You like that feeling. It's like the worst day for your partner. And, and you guys are arguing about this and trying to convince each other you don't need to. Just let it be. And then the day they leave might be your worst day and it might be her best day. And that's okay. And this is true for women that, like you were saying, love and care about their stepkids. But they're kind of happy when they're going because then you get to be with your partner. And in your case, you get to be, you get to enjoy your little nuclear family. But in order to get the culture to understand this, because I really like that to happen. Well, the partner, the partner is the first thing because you have to be a team, right? Right now, there are more people living alone, families living together outside of marriage, remarriage with children, then there are nuclear families. But people would be shocked to know that because it's just not what we see. It's not what we see in the movies, it's not what we see in TV. And so as long as women stay kind of quiet about the, the reality of the challenges of this, and, and let me also say, if there are challenges for the fathers, there are challenges for the children. You know, that's a whole nother conversation. But to make people aware of the nature of step family, and I just don't see it. You know, I see the Today Show, good morning. Oh, we're going to talk about moms under stress, moms this, moms that. Yeah, I'm just like, why, why is there such invisibility? So the only way it can become visible is for women to start educating. But they have to feel confident and they have to know I'm not a terrible person, that this is hard. For sure. And, you know, I think it also would be helpful for, you know, we're opening up the conversation. We're, t- we're saying, when you go in, you don't, you don't need to take on the role of the mom. You don't need to do all of the things. You don't need to try to save the day. And I think that conversation is really helpful. I have stepmoms join the community and they're like, I'm not married yet, but is it a fit? I'm like, oh my gosh, get your butt in here because you're going to learn these lessons before it's too late, right? Before you've gone all in and got to that resentment piece. And I do feel like a lot of stepmoms get to that resentment piece with their stepkids and start to have that not so great relationship with their stepkids because they've gone all in and started to take over those, you know, motherly roles and, you know, try to be involved in discipline and then get trumped by the parents and, you know, just kind of really gone into that parenting piece and it's backfired and now they're feeling resentful. So if you go in and you just focus on building your relationship, building your relationship with your stepkids, that just doesn't happen overnight, right? So you, you need to build that relationship based on trust and respect before you go in and start to be that parental role in there. And that sometimes happens for people. And there are times when it doesn't happen at all. And, you know, every step family is different. 
Well, and I think too, it's, you also have to gauge what does the kid want? Does the kid want to build a relationship? Kids are powerless in all of this. They were powerless for their parents to divorce. They're powerless with who their father brings into their life. And I remember working with this one 12-year-old boy, and he, he said to me, nobody asked me. And it's not that he expected anybody to get his permission. In his case, he had a, a stepfather come in. His father had died kind of tragically. He was an ER doctor that was healthy runner who had a heart attack in his mid-40s and, and died. And so this stepfather came to his life about five years later, but he's like, okay, he's my mom's husband. He keeps telling me he loves me. He wants to do all this stuff. I don't want to. He's not my father. And so I think people have to gauge as they're building the relationship. 80% of young adult stepkids say they don't feel close to their stepmother. This does not mean they dislike them. It just means they're not my, she's not my person. I have my mother. I have my father. Stepkids, one of their major complaints is they don't get enough alone time with their fathers. And so I'd even, building a relationship, you know, that's fine. But you also have to gauge, is this something the kid wants, right? So it's all kind of an experiment as you're going along in what you want to do. Yeah. It's like what, what's working and what's not. I feel like there's this spectrum though, too. I, I don't want people to listen to this and be like, all stepmoms enjoy when their stepkids go back. There are stepmoms who are like, want their stepkids with them all the time, who have this hearts and sparkles relationship and a great co-parenting relationship. Like there's just this spectrum, right? Of step family dynamics. And I think there's a lot of pressure too for stepmoms or step families to be on a certain place in that spectrum and that pressure, right? To do that. There's so many contributing factors to where you end up on that spectrum in terms of your relationship with your stepkids. And so much of that is out of your control. You know, things that mom's saying at her house, mom's healing, mom's, mom's wounds about the past, the way mom and dad have a relationship, you know, how the relationship ended, the financial piece, you, you know, how mom's confidence and security with having this new person in her children's lives, the stepmom's level of confidence and insecurity or security, her communication skills, like you know, how the kids have responded to the divorce, how the divorce went down. Like there's just, there's so much stuff, but yet when things aren't good, the pressure seems to fall on the stepmom. Yes. And it's like her fault. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's the easy scapegoat. Yeah. And and I want to support what you're saying. There are plenty of women who enjoy that. I, I just always make sure to speak to the women who struggle with it more. And that seems to be more the situation in my practice. So I just don't want those women to ever feel bad because they're awesome women who are really good people and trying hard and faced with a lot of different challenges. It it kind of makes me think of, did you see that Kate Middleton, the video of her four-year-old son during the trooping of the color? Wasn't he like crawling all over? Oh, he was, he was like, hitting her face. He was going like this. Mm, mm. He, he was just, <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I could just feel he was being 
He was being awful. And as four-year-olds can be sometimes. And here she is, you know, millions of people are watching and she's just trying to smile. And I looked at that and I thought, oh, there's so many stepmoms. This is kind of a good, like, gif of what mothers, stepmothers, you know, they feel like they're being watched all the time. You go to the sporting event, they're being watched, right? They go to any kind of thing. People are watching and they're watching dynamics. And it's it's just an odd thing, right? Because that's not happening to anybody else. Ladies, I have some big news. A few months back, I made a little announcement. I said that I was committing to one more year of running my membership, the exclusive stepmom community in the same capacity. The key word being in the same capacity. In one more year, I was gonna make some changes. I didn't know exactly what that would look like. I just needed that date on my calendar for an official shift. Well, the shift is in the works. The membership is not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. What I'm doing is bringing in more stepmom coaches to help me support you. This community of stepmoms continues to evolve and the feedback we're getting has been next level. If you are a stepmom craving coaching, support, exclusive content, workshops on how to improve relationships, strategies to improve your step family life, and want to start to feel more confident and in control of your life, this is your official invitation to join us. This is a space where you can come when you're struggling and an investment that doesn't make you feel like you need to be in it every day. When step family life feels like it's getting the best of you, you can come to my office hours and I'll help you navigate through. You can also leave me a message in the forum. A fellow member said, it's like I have Jamie on retainer for less than a dollar a day. I know I can get support from the top stepmom coach online whenever I need it. The peace of mind is invaluable. To join the membership, head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. You can use the code STEPMOMHELP to get 30% off your membership. www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership and use the code STEPMOMHELP to get 30% off. A huge priority for me over the last year or so has been my sleep. My bedtime routine is something that I'm trying really hard to be deliberate about because I know that when I get off the screens or read a book or journal and have a hot drink before bed, I sleep way better. I've also learned the difference that great sheets can make. A few months back, we got the bamboo sheets from Cozy Earth. We got the sheet set and the duvet cover and guys, I can't even. They blew my mind and are by far the softest, most comfortable sheets I've ever slept in. And I get hot at night and regularly get the night sweats. And these sheets are temperature regulating, which is perfect because it helps keep me cool. Certified free of harmful chemicals, easy to wash, won't pill, and have a 10-year warranty, I cannot recommend these bamboo sheets enough. And of course, I have a code for you, so you can use the code JamieS40 for 40% off. Yes. 40%. Investing in good sheets makes such a huge difference in your sleep. And when you get good sleep, you show up as a better version of yourself in the morning. You deserve it and the people in your life deserve it. And seriously, they're just so soft. So Jamie S40 for 40% off. You can go to Cozy Earth's website or jamiescrimger.com forward slash Cozy Earth and use the code and you'll be good to go. Sidebar, Cozy Earth also has the bamboo jogger set that I'm always posting about on Instagram. Also, so freaking comfortable. Highly, highly recommend. Now, when it comes to changing that conversation, how stepmoms listening to this, they'll be like, okay, I want to change the conversation. I want to start openly talking about this. 
but I don't want to seem like I'm coming off as too negative and I don't want to offend anyone because let's be, let's be honest, that's kind of where people are at. What, what advice do you have for that? I think it's just speaking just genuinely and it's not getting all like crazy activist, angry kind of thing, right? So it's just staying really centered and grounded. So let's say you say to someone, Ah, it was really tough. The kids came back. It was really, I, I struggled. It was hard. Everything changed. Well, you knew it was a package deal. Yeah, you know, I, I thought I did know it was a package deal. I mean, obviously, I knew that I was partnering with someone with kids. I didn't know it was going to be this hard. I really didn't. And And this is how it's been hard for me. And so it's just educating in calm ways without throwing anybody under the bus, but also advocating for yourself or even saying when people say that, and I would say this to anybody, everybody's going to experience platitudes in their lifetime because situations come up. I mean, people will lose children and other people go, well, I'm sure they're in heaven. You know, it's like, okay, that's not helpful. And, And I think it's to be honest and say, I know you mean well, And that's just so not helpful. And you might not know this, but there's a really high divorce rate. There's really big expectations put on me. When women ask me, what is my role as a stepmother? I I just say, just please be yourself. Be yourself. Decide what you want to do. Your husband, your partner has an obligation and responsibility to be a parent to his children. You have options. You have options. You decide what that looks like. What it looks like for one stepmom may be a lot of involvement, kind of a parental role. And for another, it's kind of like, hey, how are you doing and living a pretty independent life within the family? Those are all fine. Those are the spectrums we're talking about. To just talk calmly and, but let people know that's, That's not helpful. And I would really love for you to understand this because you know what? I was the same way before I got into this. I I remember thinking there was a a woman when I was, when I had like teenage kids and there was this woman who had married a man whose wife had been killed in a plane crash and she didn't have any kids and there were teenage daughters and one was really difficult. And we were sitting there watching some sports god-awful sport thing with our thermos of Chardonnay, you know, because it was like five o'clock. And and I was saying, ugh, the kids, summer, these kids are going to come home. They're going to ruin my peace. They're going to ruin my sacred space. <laughs> and they're going to make a mess. And all the other mothers going, ugh, yes, it's going to be awful. And then this woman chimed in and said, oh, I feel the same way. And it stopped the conversation, right? She married this widower with two teenage daughters and everybody just, nobody knew what to say. And I, I look back on that. This is before my divorce. And I just thought, I I just didn't know. I didn't know. How am I supposed to know? How, how are people supposed to know unless we're willing to educate them? That's how it's going to happen. Even when I release podcasts, it's really interesting because I see people share podcasts all the time. You know, I'm listening to this and listening to this and I get people do do that, but 
but people are more willing to share a podcast on business or relationships or like anything else than they are a stepmom podcast, right? And that's where the tricky part comes in because there's this double standard and people don't feel comfortable saying like, oh, I'm having these conversations or, oh, we need to, you know, do better or learn from, you know, these situations because they don't feel comfortable sharing them with their community because they're scared that they're going to be judged for having the struggles. So we're kind of stuck. You've got a whole community of stepmoms who are like, oh, oh man, I just wish people really understood. I don't feel seen. I don't feel heard. But they're not willing to put themselves out there to, to so they can be seen and they can be heard. Yeah, I think it's it's really moving past not caring what other people think, which I think is this developmental task for every human being to get to the point where it's more important to not betray yourself than it is that somebody might get offended and to really learn to not care. So it takes courage and it takes some boldness and it takes like, what I don't care what they think. I'm, I know I am a good person and I'm trying my hardest. So it's really letting go of, oh, that person's judging me. Kind of none of my business. Don't care. Chances are they're going to judge you anyway, though, right? If you have someone who's a very judgmental person, they're going to judge you whether or not you show up the way they want you to show up or not. They're always going to have something to say about something. Yeah, it's like, do you really care? I mean, I, I kind of look at it like if somebody's going to judge me, first of all, I don't care. It's none of my business. And secondly, whatever. I, it's, it's just like it's so unimportant. Right. That person is one of billions of people on the planet. Right. So it's but I think in order to do that, there needs to be a strong connection with oneself, a strong love of oneself. And so women definitely go through this questioning. I so often when I get contacted, and of course, I get contacted most of the time by women. They're just like, I feel like I'm a terrible person. What's wrong with me? Right. And and part of that is because this hasn't been given enough information to the culture where they change. Hey, we've got to acknowledge these step families. We've got to acknowledge how hard it is for stepmothers. But it's got to start with them. I, I don't see any other way to do it, right? And so it's working past not caring, which is an incredibly empowering thing. And it's not meant in a... Like, I don't care about you, but I care more about myself. And so I'm going to advocate for myself and I'm going to educate you. And I think that people do respond to that as long as it's not done in some kind of militant in your face kind of way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think it's important to educate with you know, even some compassion and some empathy based on like, this is the messaging society has received, not, not from your place of resentment. So if you're pissed off, maybe that's not the best time to have that conversation with your neighbor or someone in your life. But when you're in a calm space and you can be like, Hey, actually, can I bring up something? You know, you said last week, it kind of bugged me. And I just, I, I think it's worth revisiting. Everyone's receptive to that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. And I think people go, oh, my God, I had no idea. I had no idea the divorce rates were that high, you know, or, you know, I encourage women to say to people, you know, they go, 
Well, you should just love them. Oh, really? Oh, so if I took you to the mall and I point out that 10 year old kid over there and go, oh, you should totally love them. You would look at me like I was crazy. I find it really interesting, though, because the stepmom is supposed to love their stepkid like their their own. But yet there's the whole belief they don't have to listen to you because you're not their mom and you need to know your place because you're not their mom. So like that's the double standard. Right. Like I have a reel that I just released about saying like when you're a stepmom, you're supposed to love your step because like they're your own. But remember, they're not your own. And because you're because you're not their real mom. Make sure you show up for all the parenting tasks of doing like da 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 da. But when it comes to the real parent, you better let the real parent take care of that. But remember, you are a real parent. Like, you know, what's what's happening here? There's so many mixed messages. Is that really the main message that you have to love these kids like your own. I, I just find that kind of primally impossible. I, I know that there are women that say that. I've worked with a couple of women that say, I remember this one woman, she had remarried a guy and their daughters were the same age. And then she said, oh, I, I love her as if she was my own. I said, okay, let me just ask you about that. So if you were like, walking along a creek and there was a flash flood and you only had time to save one of them, which one would you save? I just, it, the cue, cue the hate mail to me for this episode now. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm so sorry. People don't know me. I, I use humor in things, but I was, I genuinely, she was like the first person like in 18 years that had ever said this. So I was just curious and she was, oh, oh, my daughter. I said, okay, like, that's great. I, I'm not trying to discourage you. Well, she was just feeling me out to see if I was safe because at the more she talked, there was a horrendous situation going on with this stepdaughter. And, but she was in a system that really, really, more so than the, just the general culture was requiring her to love this kid as if she was her own. And she was trying so hard. And the relief that she felt she, um, and she'd been doing this for like 15 years. And she said, you're the first person I've been able to say this to. And, and then she began to realize I'm not a terrible person because she'd been stuffing this for 15 years. And she didn't hate this girl, but it was hard. It was a hard situation. So that's all I'm saying is I would really hope women are not being told you need to let. I mean, I know they hear that occasionally. No, they are being told that. I feel like they hear it more than, okay. I think the pressure is also from their partner. There's a lot of pressure from partners, you know, to have that. But it made me think how many women are saying, I love my stepkids like they're my own when just because the pressure and that's what they feel is the right thing to say in that moment as opposed to how they really feel. I don't blame them. I mean, you also have to in this, first of all, you have to be pretty solid with yourself. So if you get the hits, it doesn't get you off center. And the other thing is, there are some people it's not safe to talk to about this, just not. Yeah, and if that's the case, don't have those conversations. Yeah, I mean, there are some people, they are just not safe and it's not worth your time. But I, I'm just trying to think, I almost feel like, you know, there's so much awareness right now of, of different populations that feel that they are stereotyped. And I'm like, what about stepmomism? Like, that's a thing. 
but nobody even recognizes stepmomism to be stepmomism, if that makes sense. There's such a stereotype towards stepmoms, right? If I go to 10 people on the street and I say, what's the first word you think of when I say stepmother? 10 out of 10 are going to say evil unless one of them's a stepmom, right? It's so embedded in the hardwiring of people. And then you go, you know, there's the stepdads, right? So Father's Day is coming up and it'll be interesting. There will be a big commercial or something honoring stepdads for sure in the media because the way that stepmoms and stepdads are viewed is so entirely different, right? So, you know, the stepmoms come in, she's overstepping, she's evil, she's all the things. And then you have this, you have the the man who marries a a woman with kids and, you know, he's, you know, how, how stand up of him to take on this woman and her kids. He's so honorable. He's loves them like they're his own, like all the things. But, you know, when a stepmom does the exact same thing, it's completely different. And it brings me back to stepmother's day. Like the, that whole thing, no, I get a lot of flack for that. So I think I'm not into stepmother's day. Like I, I, I'm not into it. I, I think that stepmoms should get a card or a little acknowledgement on on Mother's Day. I don't think they deserve the day. I don't think, you know, it should be split. But I think, you know, on on Mother's Day, a, a nice acknowledgement to the motherly role a stepmom plays is, is necessary. And this, like, stepmother's day is just this, like, made-up thing, like – National Wine Day. Like I I it's great for a lot of families, but it's it's not a holiday. There's not a section in the cards for stepmother's day. It 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 was made up. There's no stepfather's day or maybe there is, but no one talks about it, right? Cuz this cuz the dads aren't the dads aren't competing over it. It feels it feels to me like this little PS. Like cuz it's a week after like, "Oh, oh, okay. Oh yeah, you. Yeah, okay. PS to you." Right? It feels patronizing. And nobody knows. Nobody knows about it, really. So, and I think for the women that I've worked with, it just feels like it would, I agree with you, it would feel better if there was some kind of acknowledgement, if they want it. There are some women that are like, oh, I don't want any acknowledgement. Like, I'm good. But a lot of women do. And, and the things that they do should be. But again, that's on the father. With the stepdad thing, it's so true. Bob can take Johnny to soccer practice. And it's like, oh, look at Bob. He's such a great stepfather. But Jenny takes the kid to soccer practice. Well, she's supposed to. Or who does she think she is? (laughs) So true. It's so true. And it's such bullshit. It is. It is. Which, again... The only way this is going to change is if women are willing to speak up. Mm -hmm. And I'm so excited that we're having this conversation because we're going to do a next level conversation in the membership where we're really going to like walk women through, you know, how to feel empowered, how to have these conversations, how to educate their partner on like the exact experience that they're having as a stepmom, because I think it's not as easy as just saying, you have to say how it is. Like, I'm sure women are kind of like, you know, I already feel so much pressure of being just a woman in society right now. And this like stepmom thing is like really just like add it. It's like the cherry on top, right? So we are going to dive into that a little bit more in the membership. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, Mary, where can everyone find you? I have a website that's realstepfamilies.com. 
I'm on Instagram as at Real Stepmoms. Wait, my website is realstepfamilies.com. Instagram is at Real Stepmoms. So you can contact me there. I've been working with um, women and step couples, sometimes step kids all over the world because these problems are very much universal for the past 20 years. So I'm very, I know it's hard to believe, direct. You know what? I tell stepmoms, any stepmoms, like, can you recommend someone? I'm like, Mary T. Kelly, hands down. I said, if I was going to go do some counseling or therapy or coaching, I would be 100% Mary T. Kelly because I do think there is a lot of benefit in that straight shooter mentality, especially in this kind of situation because, man, it's too much sugarcoating already, right? Well, yeah. I mean, people are coming because they're suffering. And they're, a lot of times they're suffering because of these expectations or these preferences. And I just want to deal with the reality. You know, we get in a tug of war with reality a lot, and you're always going to lose. You will 100% lose against reality. I work, I'm a marriage and family therapist. I work um, in very research-based ways. And change can happen really quickly if people are willing to experiment and and get happier. So, and, and I use a lot of humor because step families are hysterical. <laughs> some of the things, <laughs> some of the things that happen, I, I had one couple come and they were in a crisis and, and I, we don't have time to go into it, but it was over this holiday and it involved an 85-year-old mother driving into Colorado in a blizzard in a pink Cadillac and the stepmom cooking a Thanksgiving meal who was vegan and never cooked turkey in her life. And the big family coming in and she's losing it and going to the neighbors for Bloody Marys and <laughs> just a shit show. And they were like on the verge of like breaking up. And I'm listening to him and I go, okay, okay, can I just say one thing? This is hysterical. This is a funny story. You're not going to get divorced. Just don't, please don't ever do Thanksgiving again. But come on, this is funny. And they kind of looked at me and then they started relaxing like, oh, yeah, right? So there's humor in these situations because it's insane sometimes, right? You just got to like rise your, rise above and like look at it from like a bird's eye view, right? Like take yourself out of it and like look at the situation and be like, wow, what is happening? And you know, we take ourselves so seriously sometimes. We take everything so seriously and it's like, stop. We're all just these messy humans. This is a mess. These aren't blended families. They're lumpy families. Okay, just relax. And, and like you said, this control and perfection, yuck. What, you know, I'll ask women, uh, are you a perfectionist? And they go, oh, yeah. And I go, well, you're screwed right from the get-go. Well, I always say women, we're, I'm a firm believer just in life. We find ourselves in situations where we learn the lessons we need to learn. And, you know, I can speak for myself. Control freak, perfectionist, you know, all of these, like, issues from my childhood that I was like trying to, you know, push down and not deal with. Brig, I become a stepmom and go from zero to four kids within like a year and a half. And all of my, you know, insecurities and the character flaws that weren't working for me, like it was just like this mirror, right? Like everything was right there. And it was like, yeah, you want to be a control freak and and marry someone with kids and a co-parenting plan? Like buckle up. You're going to learn a lot of lessons. 
And that's the humor I find in it because I work with so many women like you were. And, and I go, wow, it's so interesting that you're like this perfectionist and like everything. And, and you fell in love with a guy who has three kids. Yeah. It's like in your face. And, and I totally agree. I think step families are such, they're a hard, they're challenging, but this is what causes us to grow, right? This is how we grow. Nobody grows through easy things. This is how we grow. And so if you're willing to just go a little bit deeper on what am I supposed to learn here? What unhealthy patterns am I bringing into this? What unrealistic expectations am I bringing into this that are causing me suffering? It's really awesome. And you develop compassion for yourself, for others, for for your stepkids, hopefully for your partner. (laughs) You know, I, I think they're, you know, they're great opportunities if you want to go a little bit deeper. Although there's going to be days where shallow is going to look real good. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mary. This has been so good. Can't wait to dive a little deeper in the membership. And uh, yeah, always a pleasure. I loved it. Great seeing you. As I'm sure you've noticed, I talk a lot about my membership, the exclusive stepmom community. I freaking love it and all the stepmoms inside. The coaching, the content, the connection you get in this space, it has the power to change your stepfamily life. It's not the right fit for every stepmom. And I don't want you to join if it's not the right fit for you. I want you to feel the same way about it as I do. To help stepmoms decide if it is the right fit, I've created a little quiz that you can complete in less than 60 seconds. Answer a few questions, tell me where you stand, and I will tell you if I think the membership is a good fit for you. You can find the quiz at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash is the membership right for me. That's www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash is the membership right for me. Take the quiz, see where you're at, and maybe I'll see you on the other side. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, and if the podcast has been resonating with you, I would be forever grateful if you would head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. And if you know someone who would benefit from listening to this episode, be sure to send it their way. Now, if you are craving more, head to my website, jamiescrimger.com. There are lots of blog posts and podcast episodes and resources available for you over there. And if you really want to dive in, I do take on a limited number of coaching clients every month. So you can book one call or work with me for three months. Either way, we will create an individualized plan for your unique step family situation. Remember, sitting around biatching about how hard being a stepmom is won't make being a stepmom any easier. If you want change in your life, it has to start with you. Chat with you next week.